All right, this has been the Garden Report here on CLNS Media, brought to you by our exclusive online wagering partner, Bet Online. Go to Bet Online AG, use the promo code CLNS50 for 50% off on your first deposit. Once again, betonline.ag, promo code CLNS50 for 50% off on your first deposit. Bet Online, your sportsbook experts. All right, everybody, full packed house tonight for this one. This was great. Bobby Manning the only one who watched the fourth quarter. The rest of us were, as (laughs) as we determined, Joe Sway was doing laundry, or was Jimmy doing laundry? I was Joe Sway was doing doing laundry laundry. duty. Jimmy's doing dishes. Joe Sway's doing laundry. Sherrod and I were just BSing, sitting here in the waiting room, and Bobby was texting us about Marcus Smart and the spirited comeback. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, the defensive happy. rotations with uh, Fournier. You guys, I, I, you guys, I love how I love, I love how the Celtics go on those spirited runs in the fourth quarter, but our Casper the friendly goes quarters one, two, and three. I know. We Way see him be fine, though, right? Like we know how this story yeah. ends. Yeah. At least, at least this time we got a nice show from Luca. That was that was a little fun to watch. No, was it? Look at Luca does that all the time. Give me, show me something new. His old hat. We got, we got right. Brunson. We got the Brunson show. I'm set. I'm, I'm setting one ground rule for tonight. We can't talk about anything from the fourth quarter because it doesn't freaking matter. Okay, oh, tossing man. it out. We got to talk about Robert That's Williams. So how are you gonna play. How are you gonna say that if you didn't watch? I guess Bobby's I mean, off the show. Of course, I watched Bobby. This is fake, Bobby. This is theater. Okay, this is we're putting on a show. Are we of just gonna put I an watch. X in front of Bobby for the rest of the show since we're not gonna talk about? Of course, we watch. <laughs> I have so much to say about the fourth quarter. <laughs> no, Bobby, no, we know. Back up, too. You know he's stoked about this. You want to talk? Want to share the screen, John? I got a list. <laughs> okay, let's go. Let's, okay, we'll do this good. classic okay, journalism good. school pyramid style. We'll start at the end. Okay, Bobby, go. <laughs> that small ball lineup, 10 the game. You're going to see it. You're going to see it again. Oh. Now, this was a game. This was a game where I am going to sh- uh, throw some shade at Brad because when I saw the starting lineup tonight, yes, and I saw that Mo Wagner. You're going to like this. Yeah, Brad completely butchered the first half of this game. Mo Wagner getting serious run, going large, trying to chase Dallas into their bigger lineup start the stretch of this one. It was a disaster because the Celtics didn't have the personnel to do this it. Was Luke obvious, Cornett was awful. This was an obvious no big game, right? They yeah. gone, obviously should not have gone bigs here and just started Fournier. Yeah. So, and I even would have gone Grant. Grant only played nine minutes in this one. You thought you'd see some small ball five with him. And instead, it took them all the way until midway through the fourth quarter to really go small, put Tatum at center. And that was their best defensive lineup of the night. You you didn't even see Porzingis. They were stripping balls left and right, pushing down transition. Of course, some of that had to do with energy, ramping it up, going way down and having to push back like that. But you saw things from Fournier within the flow of that defense that were really good. Tatum looked comfortable in that lineup. There was a ton of length on the floor. Kemba was in all the right places. I think that's something that this team could carry forward into the future and really use to take advantage of opponents who can't match up with all those wings, all that length. I mean, it looked like the Hayward, uh, you know, best five lineup from last year. Oh, stop. stop. Yeah, I don't know about Bobby. that. That's stop. a stretch. I, I love what, what Evan Fournier <laughs> – has been able to bring in the first couple of games. His first game, he just sucked. Wasn't making shots, and I get that. He, I, to me, it looked like he was thinking way too much and not just playing the game. Tonight, he was much, much better. But he's not Gordon Hayward. Uh, not even close. And he I don't think he's going to have. Though. 
he he will have a similar role in which to me to your point bobby where i think we're, we're both on the same page i would have liked to have seen him on the floor with tatum and brown and kimba from the jump to see how those four guys could play from the very beginning because the thing about this dallas team remember they in many ways they're like the Western Conference equivalent to the Celtics. They were in a, mm-hmm. they're in the seventh spot. They haven't mm-hmm. had the kind of success that a lot of people have thought mm-hmm. they would. They're starting to show some signs of being a, a pretty good team as they get healthier. The Celtics, mm-hmm. not so much. I thought this was one of those games that the Celtics really needed from a psychological standpoint to win. And to get down by, what was it, 23-24, I, I lost – I stopped – <laughs> keeping track of how big the ditch was that they dug for themselves uh, after the after the at halftime, they need to just be better, and Brad needs to do his job better. Um, I thought this was I thought this was an example where Brad was overthinking the process. Uh, yeah, going with with Mo and and you know, now that you you didn't have your main guy, you know Robert Williams in the middle, so you just go with the next center on your roster. No, you be creative. You do with you go with the lineup that probably you're going to wind up with down the stretching games, which would include Fournier on the floor with Smart, Brown, and Tatum. And Brad, I guess, I I thought he overthought this way too much from the jump, a big factor in him getting in that that huge deficit. And as we all saw, it was that that small ball lineup that kind of got them back into this. Yeah, I was shocked. I I agree with you because I thought that Fourier, regardless of what happened in the first game, which by the way, if he doesn't go for an 0 for a 10, if he hit at least two of those shots, I think maybe Brad Stevens make that decision. But I I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he would he was a little delicate with it. Maybe he was overthinking it. Well, he definitely was overthinking it because I didn't think Wagner was the move. But when you think about just having that threat, that outside threat, while guys like Jalen and Taysom, and and look at uh, Tatum to start, right? He wanted every bit of Doncic, and I thought that that was a perfect opportunity to draw in those double teams and give Evan some touches out there. Now, I don't want to see the Celtics go out there and just draw a play for Evan. Obviously, he has to get his feet wet here, but I'm really surprised that he wasn't in that starting lineup. That's the only thing I can think of that the biggest reason was just because of that that huge offer he had. Brad wanted him, his confidence to be you know somewhere else off the bench, made it a little easier for him. But I'm with you, Sherrod. I think he I think he overthought that. I I think you put him in that that lineup with those starters and, and let him get let him get comfortable. He's a big boy. He's a veteran. He, you know, he's not a second or, or third year guy. I was surprised. Yeah. So not to not to simplify it to the point of just why am I even talking? But I mean, the field goal percentage tonight from three point range. I mean, these guys missed wide open shot. Brick City. Wide up open shot. It was actually comical at one point. I mean, they were even even when they would do the right thing and dr- actually drive on the rare occasion they would drive and kick it back out, they would still miss it. I mean, what was it eleven? No, uh, what was the what, what did they end up with? Um, percentage they missed wise? thirty 20, of their first thirty-eight. Twenty twenty-three percent from three. Eleven for forty-seven from three. I mean, you can go down the line. Just every single player on the Celtics tonight was so cold from deep. Two of nine for Walker. Four of eleven for Brown. One of eight for Tatum. Two of seven for Smart. I mean, these guys were just, and, and the thing that bothered me most is, listen, everyone has horrible shooting nights, and the Celtics certainly, certainly do. But even when they were cold as ice, they still didn't want to drive. They still didn't want to attack the rim. When Tatum did, it was good results. He'd get to, you know, he'd, he'd get to the hoop, he'd score, he'd dunk. I mean, you wouldn't know it based on, you know, his reactions after. He's still complaining because he doesn't get the foul calls. Yeah. Well, this is this is what time. drives me crazy about this team, too. You see, you see the power transition. And I know you have to get stops to get out in transition, which is the biggest problem with this team. But when they get out on the run, 
Brown's a different player. Tatum's a different. I mean, it's it's simple. When you're running fast breaks, everybody's going to score tonight, more, too. be more efficient. Yeah, yeah. This and, is and the they need to do that way more as a team. This is the dilemma with this, this team, though, because the computer says exactly. shoot the result reads. You know, right? But so, like right now, if you actually looked at them and like put it through your little, you know, basketball what what wins basketball games computer nowadays, it would tell you Celtics are not shooting enough threes. So what yeah. have they done? Clearly, a conscious effort to jack more threes. You see Jalen doing it. You see them shooting them early in the clock. Right now, they've clearly been told first good look you get from three. Just take it. Don't work the ball around. Don't dribble a ton. Don't right. end up taking that contested two that you're ultimately going to settle for late in the clock. Just let it fly. The problem is they're not really great at it. And so well, that's where you are. I mean, that's, that's, that's part cool. of the problem. But the bigger problem to me is the fact that they're not having that ball touch the paint and then take threes because those are the best threes out there, the ones where you, yeah. you get the ball in the paint. Suck the defense in, or at least shift the defense so, to where they have to respond to the ball being close to the rim, and then you kick it out for wide open threes. You look at the the, the Mavs tonight; Doncic was was killing them for three point range, but when he wasn't killing them, his teammates were because he was dribble drive penetrating, sucking that defense in, forcing switches, kicking it out to to wide open teammates who are knocking out in rhythm three pointers. That's the problem with the Celtics. Yes, they do need to they do need to take more threes, but they need to take more in rhythm threes, and that is. All all predicated on the ability to get paint touches, not necessarily paint shots, but paint touches so that the defense has to move a little bit and force them to be more reactive than proactive, which is what we're seeing now, which is why they kind of suck night in, night out for three-point range. Well, the uh, biggest reason to that is because of the defense, Rod. I mean, look, you look at the defense. When when they, when they the defense lets allow someone to score damn near what, 25 points in the first half, like that's a humongous blow for the Celtics. And it's like they build themselves into the – oh, they dig themselves into this hole, and then they, they have a hard time coming out. It was the same story we've seen so many times. I'm texting these guys. I'm like, listen, this is the same story. They're going to make it really interesting at the end, and then they're going to run out of time because that margin of error, you just can't do that against a team like the Mavericks, or at least against Dodgers and the Mavericks. You know, they were outmatched. But at the end of the day, those three-point shots, that emphasis, when the shots aren't falling, that's when they need the defense to cap. That's when the defense needs to capitalize on, on, on turnovers. That's when the fast break gets going. When the defense is not doing that, this team is in big trouble because when those shots aren't falling, and a lot of them are open too. That's the, that's the part too that, that's tough to, to watch, the stomach, because of all these a lot of those open shots. But again, I mean, if the defense isn't there, that's how they fall behind, and that's how they end up trying to get themselves out of that hole in the second half. 47 freaking threes, man. It's, it was bad. I mean, like I said, that's it was be the literally – that's the 47 one. threes they laughing at That's how ridiculous. many threes they were missing. I mean, you couldn't do anything but just like just laugh. I think it was just it was that bad tonight from from three. And That's why it's, it's amazing it's that they even had this comeback in them. You know the way that they were shooting. I mean, they got hot for like. Two minutes from, but that's three. why two well, days ago, Jimmy, it's the same issue. We're having the same conversation. Like they had a nice win, but it's like, yeah, they made a lot of their threes tonight. Yeah, you know, and it's it like was. they're so reliant on it. And and when it when they go cold, there's nothing. Well, I there. mean, what are you gonna do? Force it inside the Mo Wagner? It's personnel. We keep talking about it. The personnel. Who are they missing? I can't think. I can't think of it. Who was missing tonight? <laughs> oh boy! Oh, you're not gonna. You're not gonna oh, this one. It would have been a perfect game for him, guys. Come on, let's give yeah. it a hundred. You're not going to get me to say Mo Wagner is preferable to Rob. Um, I, but the, you're thinking about it. No, yeah. I can't no. stand Wagner. Cornette. I think he's Cornette. Cornette? He's Cornette? We'll, 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 we'll think about Cornette. You know? Cornette in two weeks. Watch. Uh, Cornette had another decent game here. Now, 
No. I just I just don't like don't these. Don't do it, Bobby. Don't do it. I, I don't Find like another the girl to die on. I don't like the Wagner thing inside. Now, pull-up jumpers, that's that's how this team's going to get by. They struggle to finish. They struggle to get the ball in the paint. Paint touches, all that stuff you talk about. And they are a pretty good three-point shooting team this year. The top eight, the volume's not there. So that's why you're trying to see them push in this other direction. What I don't like is that they don't stop the three on the other end. Going into halftime, it was 56% Dallas, 60, 16% Boston. And they had to overcome that by launching a lot more in the second half. They just built such a hole, such a deficit from three that they had to try to dig their way out of it from that perspective. The thing is you you differentiate the good quality threes within the flow of the offense versus the pull-up ones. But I didn't like down the stretch where pull-ups in transition, especially. I like this nickname. We'll go, we'll go with no <laughs> Wagner, okay? <laughs> Oh I, what does he do besides foul? <laughs> well, all uh, I know is in his, his very first game with the Celtics, he hit a three-pointer from the same spot that our good friend Daniel Tice did not hit. That's true. And frankly, that, that may very well be the highlight of his time as a Celtic, which we, is sad. Or, or tonight, we haven't even <laughs> talked about shot, it. Yeah. The play, which uh, which absolves Marcus Smart in, in less than forty eight hours for his stupid half court thing, that freaking <laughs> that save under the basket was one of the out. saddest things I've ever seen. Like that's what you're like you're the, the the kid on your eight your your, your eight year old son's pickup team does, and you're like, oh, the poor guy just doesn't know better. Bless his heart for trying. <laughs> but he's a professional freaking basketball player saving the ball under his own basket and just dishing it to an opponent for a layup was like, <laughs> yeah. the worst thing I've yeah, ever really, seen. really bad play. It's it's as bad a play as I've ever seen a professional basketball player make. Like he tried to do that, you know. So, they're gonna do. They're gonna do an all. It was so bad. Like, it was you got so two bad. Already. You you couldn't even criticize him for it. Like the no, teammates, were, like oh, you teammates bless your were heart. just like yeah, inbound it. You just, let's go. Like let's just let's go. go. I don't even think someone helped <laughs> him. Let's forget about it. Let's keep going. Get up. Yeah, that one frustrated me. And Kemba just standing at half court when Brown was thrown into the back. That might have been the same exact play or the one before it because in that oh. third quarter, they just started throwing balls away like crazy and letting Dallas get out on those transition runs. It's like between fouling, between turnovers, the Celtics just cut their legs out from under themselves more than they already would be with the lack of penetration and passing and all the things we talk about. They turn the ball over a ton. They foul a ton. Like they just make it so hard on themselves. Well, I, I, I keep coming back to when I watched them play, just the lack of just fire defensively. I mean, I'm not expecting them to get a bunch of stops or force turnovers, anything like that. The effort just doesn't seem to be there. I mean, you know, Brunson, I mean, he could have scored 40 points tonight if they really went to him. And the, mm-hmm. and the one thing they kept doing, and, and the Celtics, they still haven't figured out how to how to fix this, and I don't know how to fix it, is when teams are looking to create switches with the pick and roll, they're going to keep doing that until they get that matchup with Kimba. It, it, I, I thought there were multiple times in this game where there would be like a Tatum-Brown switch, and then Dallas wouldn't attack that. They would figure out who the hell is Kimba guard, get his ass over here. That's the switch we want. And the Celtics – They've got to be able to fight through that. They can't allow those switches to happen as easily as they do because you know what point. those teams are thinking. Yeah. They're going to do the thing, same thing that you – I mean, it's like if we're playing basketball and I see Jimmy way over in the corner, I'm going to do everything I can to get that switch because I know I've got a serious size advantage over him. Wow. That's exactly what teams That's are doing. Wow. Those things. I mean, they made I'm it to the Eastern what Conference. Was, hold on, hold on. Real made, quick, though, what, was, what was the worst one, though? What was the worst one? When Tatum Bro, got I'm stealing that just so you know. I'm going when right Tatum around got caught, 
when Tatum got caught in no man's land, he was trying to go back on the switch. That that killed him. Finney Smith, wide open. He was two steps too late. And, and yeah. I think that was a humongous swing. I mean, the Celtics did right there. There was a one possession game. You get a defensive stop. It could have changed things, honestly. I think that was a really crucial part, a really crucial play for the for the Mavericks down the stretch where Tatum got caught in no man's land on that switch and left Finney Smith wide open. Mm-hmm. Yeah, particularly if you're gonna have guys like Fournier tonight, who I thought was so great defensively and smart, who's still I lost Bobby. Bobby oh, I thought it was me. Word. All right, cool. <laughs> Just no, is the happiest man in the building right now. I'm here. I'm it's here. not my Wi-Fi, y'all. Bobby, <laughs> you're next, Brockton, Bobby. Yo, is Bobby in Brockton? All right, I'm leaving him there. No, yeah, but uh, just like that. You know what else I got? This better to do this one without Bobby because it's going to kill him. Last two games, I've had oh, some serious. If you're a Celtics fan, you've had to have some serious FOMO these last two games watching both Zion and uh and uh and Luca. You man. know, right? Because I mean, you're right, you're John. It's good Bobby's not on this segment. He almost had a conniption uh, on Monday <laughs> night when we even brought up the idea <laughs> that you might rather have Zion and Ingram over Tatum and Brown. He almost. Right. He almost got up and, and left the show. But when you enter Lucas' <laughs> no. name into that equation, like, again, this is the thing. It's like, you know, I like – you were changing his mind. I thought I thought Luke, he was starting to turn. I thought you turned Luca, I mean, Luca's a star. Yeah. And, ta- and, and Tatum's a scorer. You know, and, and you see that discrepancy in, in these games where it's just – it's exactly. that's there's a difference in level there. Uh, and it just – you watch it. it and you're like, ah, right. I want yeah. some of that, you know. Yeah, I feel Luka like we're seeing... at 21 led the best offense ever statistically in NBA history. I mean, you just can't yeah. argue against that. Yeah, and it's just it, you watch it and you're like, wow, you know, like and and the amazing. And thing who's is he not, playing with? He's got Penny Smith and Hardaway. Like he doesn't have great teammates around him either, and they yeah. still put up points at will. He's unreal. I mean, that's the difference, and I feel like the last since last year we, we're seeing that difference and the gap. Just we're, we're thinking at least the last time he was in Boston, right? Remember early last season. 2019, 2020, I think it was like a month into it. And we're like, okay, yeah, Tatum's going to, you know, he's got he's got some ways to go. But then that leap happened, right? The, the superstar leap, the six weeks of brilliance, it seemed like from before the All-Star break, after the All-Star break, up until the pandemic, uh, up until the shutdown, where, where Tatum was just lighting, lighting everybody up. We haven't se- we've seen glimpses of that Tatum in the last week or so, but it hasn't been consistent all season long. You know, it's like he's almost still where he was last season. And we're seeing flashes that he can make another another stride this season, but he, he hasn't done it yet. We haven't seen it yet. We only seen glimpses of that of that Tatum we saw last year, that All Star Tatum we saw. Well, I, I think we're, we're we're you're right, Josue. I mean, we're we're seeing glimpses of it, but I think we're seeing, uh, frankly, he's not doing what I think all the great players do. And and Bobby kind of touched on this a little bit, and that's make the guys around make, you make better, your teammates better. Yeah, right. I mean you. I mean Brunson is not going to drop seven for eight or seven, whatever he shot from the field, if Luka doesn't have the kind of dominant game that he he has. Tatum has yet to get to that point where he's having pretty good games, but then you see a guy like Peyton Pritchard go off for like 17, 18 points, or Grant Williams gets to 16 or 17, in large part predicated on what Tatum's able to do. That's not happening. And because Tatum is so young, I'm not freaked out about whether it's going to happen or not because he's still doing more in terms of impacting games than most guys that young in the NBA. Uh, when you look at, like, for example, when you look at scores 25 and under, you're looking at tandems with him and Jalen. I think the only duo 25 and under that scoring more points than them are Zion and, and Ingram, who both are all-star players, just like Tatum yeah. and Brown are. So right. 
He just, I think he just needs time to figure this stuff but out. We, but we had yeah, this yeah. conversation before the season, Sherrod, in terms of like, okay, the Celtics, the Celtics getting to a next level. That leap was entirely con- that 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 was entirely contingent upon Tatum and Brown each taking a leap and going yeah. from the twenty thirty range of best players into, and again, an ESPN ranking had Tatum at eleven, knocking on the door into Woo! into Tatum is a clear top ten player, and, and and Brown's knocking on the door, and then Brown takes that huge leap at the beginning of the year, which, you know, we don't know if it's a knee or it was just unsustainable shooting uh, for, for, for so long. And now you look around and you could probably point to 10, 12, 13, 14 different tandems where you're like, I don't know. They're pretty close, if not maybe even better across the league. And, and, and then you look at the rest of the supporting cast and you're thinking, ah, maybe the Celtics aren't as well positioned as we thought, you know, because there's a lot of good duos out there all around the league right now. Tatum and Brown aren't the only game in town and you, and, and you see it kind of coming over and over again. Um, so again, I don't know, poor Jimmy's struggling to get back in here. So hopefully we'll welcome him back. But that's kind of the thing is like, Every time Tatum is criticized, he's criticized because you're expecting him to be at a level he has not yet reached, which he may still reach. But until he gets there consistently uh, as a person who makes people around him better and does all of the different things and is, you know, co- constant effort and, and, and you know, night in, night out, making the right play, taking better shots until he does that consistently, you're going to have these questions. Yeah. Well, and I, I think driving, the, pro- the problem is twofold. Yeah. Uh, one, I think I don't think Tatum does a good enough job of positioning himself so that the guys around him can be impactful. And the other thing, and let's be real, the guys that he's playing with aren't that good for the yeah. most part. No and, and, that, and, and that's why no like, when, when Danny Ainge talks about how, you know, this is on me, this is on me. That's not yeah. just hyperbole. He's right. That's yeah. absolutely on him. I mean, yeah. no disrespect to Grant Williams, but, you know, he's a okay NBA player, but it, I mean, you're no, talking no, about no, top no, seven. No, no, what, what this talk, what, what, when what I say okay NBA player, I mean someone who's good enough to be on an NBA roster. That is what I'm right. talking about. But what now, happened if, right? now as my seventh or eighth man, that should not happen. Grant he Williams does not get a second point. NBA contract. That's my opinion. So I, I don't have Wow, the extreme negativity with you. Oh my Lord. I think right now. He's a rotation player in this league. He's not Tremont Waters. No. Right now, right now, the smart roster money, player. Bobby. Right now, the Active smart money is on player. him being out of the league in two years, as opposed to him being part of somebody's rotation. It's mine is the much easier bet to make. We'll put that one in the dock and see what happens. That, okay. that one's not worth an argument, but yeah. um, he's a ten-day contract guy, or he's playing in friggin' Israel in a couple of day, in a couple of years. Okay, <laughs> no, I don't think he's that bad. I he's think not he's, that he's good. an active roster. I want to see a lot more of him than I honestly. Either way, you're calling him Sully. Wow, that's messed up. Oh, no, I go back to Danny. I put a lot of this on Danny, though. I I just think he's got to get better players around those guys, particularly because if you're gonna throw Brown and Tatum as facilitators into the fire and say, Take this product that's not very good, and you know, pull a LeBron and make Semi Ojale a great player, and Grant, all the guys we mentioned, it was a tall task. Now, I think when they had a nice core short rotation in the playoffs last year where it was just always Brown and Tatum and this is something to think about going into this postseason I thought Tatum was a phenomenal uh, facilitator in the playoffs particularly for that being his first time he had five assists a game 
Turnovers were a little high, but he was getting it done enough to win. I did think he was a limiting factor a little bit because they didn't have too many options, especially when Hayward went down. That you know, give it to other guys if he's getting doubled and blitzed and all that stuff. But for his first run, I thought it was great. Now you can't come out the next year and say, "All right, here's even more responsibility and less talent around you. Get it done again." To a guy who you know wasn't an elite facilitator to begin with. I thought that was just such a massive mistake by Ainge. And luckily now Fournier's here. So I, I kind of look at this team and say, all right, Brown and Tatum, it's time right. to prove it a little bit more here because you do have a little more talent around you now in Fournier. Not, not only more talent, Bobby, but I, I think they have better fits for yeah. them to grow. Like when, when I look at Tatum and, and Brown and, and just their ability to be facilitators, their ability to be scorers, they need at least one other legitimate go get your own shot today player. And Kimba, they can't rely on Kimba to be that guy because he can't play in back to backs. His minutes are creeping up there, but his impact, I mean, it's not quite what it was, certainly not what it was in Charlotte, and certainly not what it was when he first got here to Boston. So they need another guy who can be a difference maker, who guy can go get his own shot, and a guy who can help them, frankly, be a little bit bigger defensively. You don't see teams damn near, you know, <sighs> That's under why I labor over the Gordon thing. That you don't see teams begging and pleading, doing everything they can to get a particular matchup when Fournier is on the floor because why are you trying to get a get a matchup with a six seven guy when when Kim is out there? It's like well, we're trying to match up with a guy that's like maybe six one. Yeah, we we talk about the switching issue and the especially when they're going to go small in the small lineup. Aaron Gordon would look pretty good in that rotation, especially making up for some of Kemba's deficiencies. And, you know, I saw an astonishing stat, and he's looked really good with Denver so far. He's, oh, a yes. top, he's a top 15 player in the NBA in opposing field goal percentage against. So when a guy's going at him one-on-one, -on -one, he's locked down, and he's a great switcher, great size like you talk about. I mean, we labored over that conversation again last show for like 30 minutes, and it's a hard one. Like, would you have given us smart for that? I don't think it was that? a hard one. No, no, and he's he's a perfect and he's we a perfect fit for that Denver team. We were saying, why in the world didn't we do it? He right. didn't. He's perfect for Denver because now Michael Porter Jr. doesn't have to give a he doesn't give a damn about defense before right. Aaron Gordon got there, and now he really has a reason not to give a damn because he's never going to have to guard the best wing player. That's Aaron Gordon's job. So Denver, he is a perfect fit for what they want to do, and it pisses me off because he would have been an even better fit here because of what the Celtics need uh, over the hump. Felt like they needed two upgrades for sure. I'm so mad I missed that whole segment on Taylor. Hey, Timmy's back. <laughs> so mad. Man, so so mad that you weren't here. As soon as Bobby got sent, as soon as Bobby came back, I lost all my audio. I couldn't hear a damn thing. So I had to figure Don't worry. Out. He said everything you would have said if you were here. Only yeah, better. Sure. Yeah, I'm he sure. would have been wrong. But you Bobby, you're line right up. Almost identical. <laughs> it, it, it was about. It, you guys were you guys were about to talk. I know you don't have to rehash it, but it was about Luca, right? And just how he's on another level, essentially. Yeah, we were there. We were we there on agreement with that. I, yeah, I mean, Luca, no question. The Zion thing was a good debate last time, and I think you can make a case there because of his style of play and how it's going to continue to translate. Not being able to shoot threes, but he's still just on another planet right now in terms of efficiency and I think his potential. And he's such a problem; you have to account for him all the time. There's almost no real answer. Uh, there, but Luca's just on a different. He's playing a different game. So I mean, there, he's. There are some people who think that Celtics. Well, they're saying if if they had the choice, would they trade Brown and Tatum for Luca? Two guys for Luca. Wow. Both those two guys for Luca. It might not make you better, but also, uh, you know, 
it's just both sides probably say no to that one. Both sides probably yeah. say no. Yeah, isn't that cra- that's pretty like, crazy? Crazy that it's no. pretty crazy. The Mavericks would say no to that. But when you no, look it's at the not. Like, you see, Luke, you, you see, Luke out there tonight. Oh, I know, but it's still what they're doing right now. I know, but I guess it's maybe crazy. Not the right word, but I guess it's I guess it's sad if you're a Celtics fan that that a team would actually say no to that. They would say no to your two players that you think might be the best young tandem in the NBA for, you know, for one guy who is an absolute stud, don't get me wrong, but it's the way these two guys, Tatum and Brown, have played with each other this year, even though they're both all-stars, it feels like they're both hurting each other's stock somehow because they don't seem to, like, make each other better out there when they're playing together. Like, they don't play together. They just can don't. I, can, I, can I ask one question? No. So, like, I know Bobby said earlier that, like, okay – no, Rob, I'm not worried. And mm-hmm. the margin for error for this team is zero when they're missing a starter. And Rob Williams isn't even really a starter. He's been starting for 12 seconds. And Bob doesn't even want well, him to He's a starter now. I understand. The point being is, like, <laughs> like you're so mad about we that. Are, we are desperately running out of excuses with this team to the point that, like, this to me was one of the – I know you can look at the Knicks game and you can look at a bunch of different games where you're like, oh, what a gross – performance but like those are like you're gonna lay a few eggs even great teams do that through the course of the season this one i don't know why depressed me more than most it was just flat lifeless another just a dip against an okay team for no real reason to be losing to these guys after having lost another home game to a team that you didn't necessarily need to lose to either you like you can't beat the 500 teams at home when you've got close to full personnel like forget about it cash it in you know it's we keep saying this and i tweeted it earlier like i don't even know why we're wasting anger on this team anymore like they're if you accept the fact that they're not that good and there isn't a next level and if they just did this or they just did that you'll probably be a less angry person overall because you know why get why continue to get mad at them i don't think it's in them to all of a sudden put it together, make a run, and get a deep conference run, possibly threatening to get to the conference finals. There's no – who sees this in this team? Outside Bobby, of the guy in the bottom left. I outside of one guy. I mean, anyone going to join me? Who sees Anyone going to join me on this hill? <laughs> hey, John, do we still have the green teamer cam? Did we put that one up there? I thought we made that. I don't know great. if I have it. Can we at least say that the fourth seed is almost out the window entirely now? I, I don't know. That's Bobby. What do you no, think? No, I mean, it's, it's not. And, and you know what? And it's not out of almost. the question because it has less almost. to do with Boston and everything to do with the mediocrity that exists in the Eastern Conference. Oh, Lord, they, yeah. I, I mean, they could literally back, you know, just backdoor their way into getting home court in the first round, which, as we all know, doesn't mean squat because we've <laughs> seen what they look like at Dude, home, and it's not pretty. Let's tank it up a little bit, fall into the top 10 and draft a quarterback too and late. see if we can fix this Way thing. too late, yeah. No, <laughs> they up. had that chance and they're not doing it. I, I, think, bo- I, th- I think there's they- there's some of us, like maybe John and I, who kind of saw a lot earlier than some other people in this room that the Celtics probably don't have what it takes to get to where they want to go. And that's why at the trade deadline we were screaming, don't panic. Don't bother. So, don't, yeah, don't do a panic trade and try to make yourself a contender because – Odds are you're not going to be as good as the Brooklyn's and, you know, the, you know, whoever. Brooklyn's and the Brooklyn's, basically. And we said you're also probably not going to be good enough to get the buyout guys. Well, what happened? They weren't good enough to get the buyout guys. Brooklyn was. And, you know, you got you got a player in Fournier. Who knows what the future holds for him here? But the the point we were making early on was, listen, you're not good enough now to really, you know, become to go where you thought you could go to start this season. 
And I think a lot of people, a lot of people now after the deadline are probably saying the same thing. Like, listen, like it just isn't happening this year, you know, play the young guys and see what you got. And, you know, go into the off season with, with, a, with a plan to, to try to improve in another way. Yes, I did. Thank you. I think you did. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I, I think I, I grouped John and I think Joe way to an extent. Bobby still thinks the Celtics can win the championship. So he's hanging by, on. By default, I'll give you. I'll give you some. It's got to the point where you just know in that first quarter what kind of energy they have. You're like, no, nope, it's not happening tonight. Yeah, they'll probably make it interesting, but we know when the Celtics have that right. game faith, have that yeah. momentum. We've Every seen this movie comes, before. Brett, we, I think Brett. Brad said it perfectly, and it's such a simple comment, but it made me laugh because it, it resonates so well with this team. He said it perfectly two nights ago when he said, or a couple of night, or three nights ago, or whatever it was. He goes, "In order for defense to work, all five players they have to play defense, and that's exactly what's been the case. Whether it's four out of five or half defense from four out of five guys, or some sort of combination of that, it's nowhere near the." But let's talk of- about it though, because we. They, 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 I I sent you that stat earlier tonight, Joe Sway. We, we, Sherrod, we shared a stat between all of us here that the top five offensive rating seasons of all time mm-hmm. are all happening this year. Okay? So yeah. what, what does that tell you? It tells you no one is playing defense because nobody can buy in to the type of philosophy that you need to play good night-in, night-out defense. So while the Celtics aren't doing it, no one else is really either, which is why I pay less attention to their defense than because everyone's playing shitty defense right now. Offensive ratings are through the roof. The offensive numbers are through the roof. There's too many games back to back to back in a condensed schedule. Half the league has friggin' COVID and COVID lungs and conditioning concerns. It's just not a, it's not the type of season where you can be out there slapping the floor and friggin' getting after it game after game. So uh, right now, actually the jazz, the jazz uh, are doing it. <laughs> well, everyone's, the jazz are a top five offense team right now. And yeah. that's how they're winning games. So right now you've got a broken offense with this team. And this is the, this, and that's why I keep coming back to that, Bobby. I'm pointing to that as the bigger issue than anything with the defensive effort and this and that, like, it's not great, but again, this is a, in this league, in this year, you've got to be running a, a better offense than the Celtics are running right now on a night in night out basis. Yeah, you got to have some co- Stevens quote, but go ahead, Bob. I'll get it. I'll queue it up right now. Well, you got to have some cohesion to do it too. And I don't want to play the injury card for this team because I don't think it's valid. I don't think it's the reason that they've been bad defensively. I think sure. a lot of individuals within the offense have underperformed on that. And we've talked about smart Brown Thompson, certainly who just was not the defensive impact guy that they want to add. Uh, but I do see potential still on that end of the floor. Like I see switchability. I see the ability to turn it up. And now that Rob's gotten involved, they've dug out of that bottom three spot and giving up baskets at the rim. So there still is an upside to this a defense that makes me at least a little optimistic that this team can turn it around on that end. But they got, there's got to be buying and there does have to be consistent personnel. I right. think another thing that you didn't throw out there, John, is that Pretty much everyone in Utah this year has had guys going in out of the lineup, major injuries. It's a my my ball, your ball offense, and nobody in the league works harder for their buckets than them. I swear, it's either contested twos or 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 you know whatever rushed threes, and you know very little in the paint, not a lot at the free throw line. They they, 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 let it go. They work their asses off for their buckets. But Josue, what's your quote? Uh, Brad Stevens asked, uh, what are you most satisfied with? Brad Stevens, uh, if anything, he's asked as a follow-up, if anything, Stevens says, yeah, if anything, there isn't anything. Wow. Nothing well, going to be I'm, taken I'm, out of this. Yeah. I'm glad that he's, he's keeping it 100. 
not satisfied yeah. the same thing. Yeah. Well, yeah, good I'm for him. Too. He shouldn't good. be. Good. I like it. There's nothing. Stevens impersonation by Joe. The aw shucks, Brad Stevens, fourth quarter. You know, I thought we did some things well there. That would have pissed me off tonight. Okay. And this is why I said. This is why I said at the beginning of the show, I'm not talking about the fourth quarter because I don't give a crap what happened in the fourth quarter because it has nothing to do with what's wrong with this team. Yeah. And nothing, okay? Like I said, fool's gold, fool's gold to look at that fourth quarter and extract anything of real value from it, okay? Mavs kind of stood around. They let the Celtics take it to them a little bit. Game got close. Mm. You knew they weren't going to win it. But, Sherrod, go ahead. Well, to no, translate the, the, that the, 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 oh, the ahead, issue Sherrod. that – the more I start just kind of going through all the, the malaise and, and nonsense that this team is, is putting us all through, folks haven't figured out what the hell their roles are. And, yep. I, and, and the problem with that is that because you don't know what you're supposed to do, you don't know where to set your expectations. And if you don't know where to set your expectations, chances are you're not going to be very good. And right. When I look at Tatum, I look at Brown, they're elite offensive players. They need guys around them that have, I need to be an elite defender. Name one guy other than Marcus Smart who actually gives you the impression that Who's they give a rat's ass about playing elite defense. Okay, but who do, you, who do you put that on? I put that on a coach. Of course. Yeah. I, absolutely, yeah. I absolutely put that on a coach. You need to tell Grant Williams, look, if you're open, you think about taking a three. That doesn't mean you take it. You think about it. But I need your ass to defend at a high level. I need you to rebound. I need you to be a great positional defender. I need you to be an elite help side defender. I need you to do that because that's what we need to be successful. Right. It's like with Marcus Smart. After he takes his 10th shot, every time he goes to get into a shooting motion, you need a shot caller that literally stops him because it's like, no, you're limited. You're capped. Nine to yeah. ten shots is the max I want out of you. And if you're shooting more, you're not doing your job. And and we've been talking about this since the beginning of time about, you know, late game execution. Who's getting the ball? What's the game plan here? Who's, who's running your offense? Who's running your offense? Right. How do you – you had that game. Which game was it where the whole – the last 90 seconds, neither Tatum or Brown touched the ball? Like, that's – borderline fireable there like how is it possible that your two best players didn't get a touch in the last 92 seconds of a close game that you imagine a Lakers playing a game that's down to the wire where lebron and anthony davis don't touch the ball for the last 90 seconds or or shit you can even go across town and, and look at the uh the clippers Kawhi and, and Paul George, one of them is going to touch that ball in the last 90 seconds of the game, regardless of the Yeah, game. And, and, and Brad's another guy. I, I said earlier in the show, now that they've upgraded, there's real expectations for Brown and Tatum. It, the same goes for Brad. they got to find some <laughs> consistent units here, roles, as Sherrod talks about, and have something that's solid going into the playoffs. There's only 25 games left. There's not a lot of time left for experimentation. And Fournier's got to be integrated pretty fast. And so far on the offensive end, it hasn't gone well. I know it's only two games, but come on. I mean, he's not on the ball at all. This is a guy who is a spot-up shooter, ball in his hands, playmaker. And through two games, I've barely seen the ball in his hands at all. Like, how, how, how is that going to be mean, an upgrade if he's just you mean, you mean You mean he's, he's starting to look a little bit like Gordon Hayward. I think you made that reference before, right? Yeah. Mm. What is he doing with him? What is As one of our commenters said about this show, what is the point of this podcast? Okay, I will ask right now. What is the point of Evan Fournier if you're not going to use utilize any of his skill set right now? I, I don't understand. I mean, he, he touched the ball like six times tonight. Like, I mean, what's, what did you get, you get him for? He's a free agent to be just like Hayward. Like, is he – 
if he gets dissatisfied with his role here, he's gone. You yeah, got to I mean, integrate this guy faster. Also, what is the point of Aaron Neesmith? <laughs> I guess you guys don't really drive you crazy. I guess you said he played yeah. tonight. I missed the it. Your blood pressure. Yeah, he missed the corner three I, again. I saw I saw that corner three he took, and as soon as it left his hands, I'm like the rest of the guys on the court. I'm headed back on defense. Well, because I knew it wasn't going in. <laughs> let me let me share no, this. So hold this. on. But real quick, before we go into Neesmith bash hour, which is a tradition on the show. Yeah, you guys, every, every you guys are every just talking night. about you guys are just talking about roles and you know the fact that players don't know their might not know their roles and whose fault it is. I have a question about roles. Is it that players don't know their role or is it that players don't like their role and is it also that players are fighting for bigger roles because that's kind of what i see out there sometimes and i know i've i've kind of hinted at the whole like jason tatum versus jalen brown thing and how i i don't think they necessarily make them each other better i almost wonder sometimes if there's like a, a struggle for who's like the alpha on the team like it almost feels that way it doesn't feel like they kind of go like again it doesn't feel like they're like teammates sometimes out there it just feels yeah. like it's one player mode i think i think the celtics are are in a good position when you talk about the main entrees for this team that's tatum and brown it it's is, the side right. dishes but they that's both, the crap that's the crappy part of this meal yeah but the side right, dishes you know they're not intertwined one's going they're, they're don't they're doing the same thing they're doing they're the same intertwined. thing they're like, not intertwined. They, yeah like it's not like they're almost too similar in ways like they're not helping each other no they're be, just not be better at what they're best that. at yeah, like that's just what I've been seeing re recently. So that's 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 what I, what I think about when I when I hear about roles. My ball, your ball, my ball, your ball, yeah. my ball, your like, ball. Yeah, yeah, and then like my whoever, shot, your shot. Yep. Yeah, that's it. Like I, I don't get one. like the the vibe. That, that. They're they're happy when the shots are going in. They're like, "Hey, nice job! You hit a shot. Now can right. I shoot?" You know, like that's about the extent right. of the chemistry and teamwork. Right. I know you guys hate when I say this, but that's the only time you ever clap hands. Honestly, man, they, they barely talk to each other. But that that's just me. No, it's true. I mean, I see that too. And and the other thing we're talking about de defense. The thing about defense, and we all know this, and we've all said it, is so much of it is effort, and so much of it is like body language and morale, and like wanting to you know get the stop and you know for you know the team and keep get it going in the direction. I just don't see that. And Bobby, you you've said on the show hundreds of times how you know talented they should be on defense and how their abilities to switch and they should be a much better defensive team the fact that they're not tells me that they're just not trying hard enough to to be one and maybe that's across the league but when you're a team that's below 500 you have to put that extra effort in because clearly you aren't good enough on the offensive end to to cheat and to and to take plays off and and to take halves off or three quarters off and think you can just flip a switch in the fourth quarter and all of a sudden play a little bit of defense it doesn't work that way so and, you know, we always see these little sound bites. Oh, like, you know, this is, you know, we need to get the, the energy up. Or we need to get the, you know, the attitude up in the room. And, you know, Fournier will be good for the locker room. It's like, why are we hearing all these things about this team just being a bunch of downers all the time? And that, that's And when you watch the games, that's what you see out there. So there's so yeah. many, like, roles, effort. There's so many things that are leading to these types of games where they go down 20 points. 25 points, and then, yeah, they'll claw their way back because it's the NBA. Well, look, Of course you're going to go on runs, but that doesn't mean that like they lost this game in, in, the, in the first half today. Well, here's my question again. So, I mean, taking it back to the – taking it back to the – like, I, we don't know. I mean, Sherrod, maybe you have some insight here in terms of relationships and what's going on. Obviously, you've been covering the team closely for, you know, a decade plus now. Um, you know, 
uh, we know they're not the same type of guy, the whole Tatum Brown thing, but we've never had anything, any reason to believe there's anything other than mutual respect there. Whether or not they play well off each other on the court is a different issue altogether. But between those two guys and Smart and Kemba, which was very much the way he was uh you know presented to everybody last year was the anti-Kyrie he's a happy dude he takes accountability for everything he does when things go well for him he deflects praise to other people when things go poorly he takes responsibility himself he did all he said all the right things he's exactly what you wanted so you got rid of Kyrie you got rid of the grumpy guys now you've got the kids in here it's my team we're happy and what happens Gordon hates it and leaves and everybody's flipping out this year and saying there's something off and there's people dealing with stuff and blah, blah, blah. And it's just this mopey, grumpy team. So I I hate to go back and say, was Kyrie right? But like, what are we missing here that's going on behind the scenes that keeps these guys from being able to get together and say, we're going to play hard every single night because that's what we do because we respect ourselves and one another. Straight, no chaser accountability. They don't have it. So why though? why? Because because the individuals that were uh, that were leading that charge are nowhere to be found. And when you look at a guy like Al Horford, you look at a guy like Aaron Baines, you look at Kyrie Irving, you look at Gordon Hayward, you start looking at the guys that are no longer with the, with the team. They were the face of their franchise at one point and held those around them accountable and vice versa. Tatum. He sort of kind of, but really it has, didn't come into his own until this year. And it just so happened to coincide with the same time that Jalen Brown came into his own where one can make a case that he should be the face of the franchise when you look at the kind of season he's saying. had. And then you've got Kimba Walker, who – and, again, I love Kimba. He, he is the type of teammate that you want to have. But mm-hmm. when you talk about accountability, he's very good at holding himself accountable. I don't think he's very good at holding those around him accountable. I think that Kimba – he, he realizes what Tatum and Brown can do and respects them. And because of that respect, I don't think he holds their feet to the fire the way a four or five time all-star should hold the feet of young guys on the rise. He That's just because that's just not his personality. Yeah. And you start looking at this roster, this lineup, they don't have, for, for lack of a better word, they don't have that a-hole on I the lineup. I was just going to say that. Who can yeah. just, yeah. Who, who can absolutely, like, I, when I think about the teams I've covered, I think Wait, about Marcus the Kevin Garnett's in the world. Think about the Rasheed Wallace of the world. Marcus the is not Posey. that guy? Isn't that what he's Marcus supposed Smart. to be here? Isn't that what Let makes him untradeable? Let him finish. Sherrod, go ahead. Go listen. <laughs> no, 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 John, you, that's a good point. Why Why isn't Marcus Smart doing more of that? I think Because they don't respect Smart, him that way. I don't think. Exactly. Jimmy, that, I think it's that be they don't. So there's what's a different point of him then? Anyway, go ahead. That's what <laughs> the point of that's why, we're gonna find. We're going to find it out this summer. Uh, when the Celtics yeah. are looking to make a major upgrade and they're going to look at and do an, an inventory of their roster. And I'm telling you, Kimball Walker or Marcus Smart, I do not anticipate being on this roster at the start of the 21-22 season. Yeah. One, at least one that. of them. At yeah. least one of them. So It could be both, but at no, least no. one of them will not be here. So this is the thing. Love- like, everyone wants a bite at this apple, so go ahead. But I am I'm curious I'm about that I'm because, because I'm I, I am interested about the Kemba thing. Go ahead. Yeah, the Kemba thing. No, I I love what you, I love that you said that, Sherrod, because I, I was thinking the same thing after the All Star. But it has to be Kemba. Kemba has all the experience. He he has a bunch, you know, a lot of years in Charlotte, a lot of trying years in Charlotte. And if I'm Kemba, I'm like, listen, guys, we can make this thing happen. Like this is this might be it, you know, for me in the next three years. I don't know what's gonna happen. This is my chance to take a swing at this. Last year was incredible. Sure, we didn't get the same atmosphere. The bubble was different, but screw it. I got into a deep playoff run, and I was one game away from the NBA Finals. I need you guys to help me. 
You know, like I need maybe I've had this thing wrong with the, with the two young stars having the difficult conversation. Because think about it, he's the only one that people could really they'll listen to that. You know, he's got, yeah. I mean, Kim speaks, they will listen absolutely. He he, he 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 has that respect in that locker room. I still believe that. I don't think I don't think that's ever changed. And I think he's the he's the one person. Yeah, it, it should be Marcus. You know, or could be Marcus in a sense because he's the longest tenure Celtic. But again, I just think the experience, the accolades, all that. It's it's relevant, you know. These guys watched Kevin Walker growing up. That's relevant, you know. That age gap is relevant for sure. I think the yeah, only no thing I'd say the, the Kemba thing is a, 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 the respect factor with Kemba really isn't the question about whether or not you keep him next year. You keep him is basically because you're saying we're going backwards a little bit because we got to dump this contract, so we're basically going to pay you to take Kemba off the books for us, which is a massive. Massive uh, a white flag uh, for for this team, and obviously, when you talk about Bobby, you're talking about the importance of doing something at the trade deadline this year to not like upset the balance between the Jays here, so they don't get you know whatever. Trading away Kemba Walker for literally nothing just to take a step backwards because you got to clear that money off your uh, off your books is a massive massive step back, and that's not going to look great for the franchise either. They're in a really tough spot. Sherrod, you think that? No, that's, yeah. You think I that's something think they they're looking do to do? I, I think what what this is what this You're is how fine. I think the, the play is going to play out this summer. I think that there's going to be a significantly talented superstar who is going to want out of whatever city he's in. And the Celtics are going to say, look, we'll give you picks. We'll give you our four or five time all-star. And we'll take this potential headache that you're about to deal with off your hands because we can summer. use it. Who is that and headache? I, I think, I think a, guy that I, a guy that I would keep an eye on is, is Carl Anthony. Yeah. I, yeah, I, would, sure. I would keep – to me, he looks like of all the, the big-time superstar talents out there, if there's a guy that could use a change of scenery who's ridiculously talented – Right, who, who frankly is with an organization that has yet to figure out how to utilize his immense skill set properly and win games. It's Carl Anthony. Here's the problem, though. They're going to ask for Brown. Like any oh, yeah. of the, those guys, they're going to ask for Brown. So oh, it, does it end up being a lateral move in the end to give up one of your stars and go but with a different one? That's probably worse. But, Bobby, the one thing, the, uh, the pushback I'll have with that is that, look, if he lets them know that he wants out, they're going to take whatever they feel is the best deal they can get. And if you're and the I Celtics, can't that's going to be the Celtics. It's not going to be Kemba and a bunch of picks in the 20s. Unless unless he pulls the, the James Harden card and say, I want to go. I said that to about Beal. Yeah. Beal's the that's only shot you really, that? two, you really think these two, without, without high level, without a deep playoff run or, or, or appearance in the NBA finals, you think these two can keep, they're gonna keep playing with each other for the next two seasons? Or I don't think so. Maybe one more year before one of them starts to ask for a trade or one of them says, you know what? I could do things my own, or I could shine somewhere else and and start a team on my own. I mean, it, it's happened so many times. This is the NBA we're talking about, you know? Yeah, LA is LA is calling for Tatum in another year or two if this doesn't if this doesn't get better. Brown, I don't think it'll be Tatum. Yeah, because Tatum's this is Tatum's team. I right. you know Brown's always going to be the number two to him. So if someone gets frustrated in that sense, I don't see how it can be Tatum. Like it's all set up for him. Balls in his hands. That could be paid him because I'm worried about Brown. Jalen's gonna be like, no, no, let me, please. You're gonna try to build around him, so you're gonna try to do everything to make him happy, which could be, which could be a Jalen for Beal, bringing his buddy here and see if that shakes things up a little bit, you know. But that's really, you're right. You're talking about lateral moves. I'm with you, Sherrod. I think you could find that superstar once you get out of here. But the only way they get here is if they say, 
Boston or nothing. Here's my list of teams, and there's three of them, you know, and then you're competing against a small pool. But ultimately, yeah. Kemba and a bunch of picks in the 20s is a real shit offer. I mean, right now, I mean, I've the seen people theorize man. you might need to trade Kemba and a bunch of picks just to get rid of him um, and get no nothing of value in return, let alone an actual, like, potential superstar player. Gosh, I, oof. Let me, I, I, can't, I can't see them doing that. Sounds um, hard. I can't see them – yeah, I, I can't see them just unloading him for crap. Uh, <laughs> we're giving up assets to do. I mean, come on, we're not talking about This isn't Blake. This isn't Blake Griffin 2.0. But hold this on, yeah, Griffin, yeah, that's the right name. You're right? not. You're just trying to get free of that salary a year earlier than 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 you can. For what? It. For what? John's, John's looking at this like it's like it's uh, Derek Rose. You know, the the Bulls Derek Rose well, version. Well, consider this. I, I read Sherrod's piece today. Sherrod is a very good article that you wrote on Bleach Report, and, and, and you did give me some hope that the Celtics were going to be, you know, players in the offseason here for a Beal, I think, is, is the player yes. that you mentioned in the article, yeah, yeah. Uh, which, you know, obviously we've, we've mentioned a few times on here. Um, another article I read today um, from B-Rob, and he kind of went over the trade deadline moves and the ramifications of them. And one of the things he said was that the Celtics – if they want to, I mean, you, you almost have a Gordon Hayward remake situation here. If the Celtics want to keep Fournier, they're going to need to do something yeah. with a Kemba or a Smart because right, they yeah. literally cannot have them all on the roster. So Danny right. Ainge, if, if his intention was in trading Fournier was to keep him, then he's essentially telling you that, you know, exactly. somebody is going here yeah. because you literally – under the salary cap rules, will not be able to keep them. So you should have traded Smart then. Well, that's what I'm saying. He he might still have that intention Still's in the offseason, or Still's or if it's Kemba. Or, I know, or I know, I know. My second point otherwise, is this. Otherwise, you would have Aaron Gordon in the show for it. I don't know. Right. Sell this crazy about that. So yeah. and, oh, and the other thing I said to you guys was, man, if if the trade, if the if the upgrade or whatever you want to call it is resign Fournier and dump Kemba or Smart. That's not going to sit well with a lot of Celtics fans. That's going to be. It's not going to sit well with the NBA standings for Boston. Right. right. That's, that's going to be a tough. That's a tough right. exchange. That's the there. thing, though. It's you're, a tough damned sell. In, you're damned in both both scenarios, Jimmy. We talked about. I this. know. If you re-sign everybody and go deep into the tax, you're going to be the most expensive four seed in NBA history. You know, <laughs> you're, it's the, the worst thing that you can do right now. And again, we yeah. keep saying the same thing: is overpay for the middle class. And right now, if it's smart or if it's Fournier, and you got to dig deep into your pocket to retain these guys, you're paying top dollar for middle class talent while already having two max superstars on your team. That's an absolute disaster in the NBA. You need right. younger players, rookie contracts, people performing well at that level instead of doling out $20 million, $18 million that kind of also runs. You, you, you get cheaper players and, 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 and live with whatever they give you. You're not signing Fournier's and Smarts when you have exactly. those kind of problems. But well, if, you well, them, if you don't sign them, if you don't sign them, you have nothing. You have your team is just worse. So you're yeah, really in a tough spot right now. You either sign them and live with a really expensive team that isn't a title contender, or let them go and be worse. And then hear it from everyone saying, "How could you so let them go?" For I, that's where that's where he's in a. Danny's got to pull some Crazy. magic to make to do. To he's got to whatever he's done in, in the past. He needs he needs a situation like trading for Tatum. All of those picks. This thing is. This is like this will be the greatest trick he ever pulled if he pulls them out of this one in the offseason because they're in a really, really big jam without a lot of wiggle room and no assets to, to maneuver. Right. And you mentioned lateral move and how, you know, what's the point? 
of anything. But what's the point of a lateral move? Well, listen, if this if if it's a lateral move after a season of 500 or below basketball, it might not be a lateral move. It might look like a lateral move on paper, but you can't tell me that that you know Carl Anthony Towns, for example, becomes available and oh, they want Jalen Brown. You cannot tell me that that's not something that you seriously consider based on what nah. you've seen. You know, with with the makeup of this team and with what you know, Carl Anthony Towns is capable of. He's not just some center, or some guy. I mean, this is a legitimate top big in the NBA, and you put him around a good organization with good players. You already saw what happened to to one you know former Minnesota Timberwolf when he was put in a, a oh, better situation. Oh, don't do that. I'm just telling stop. you. Some, stop. I'm it, not Jimmy. comparing <laughs> the two players. I'm just stop. telling you what happens when you put a player in a different situation on another roster, like. It doesn't always – you can't just always go based on stats say, oh, lateral move, why even make it? I, I mean, will put it, you in a headlock might, if we weren't – if we were in the same room right now, Jimmy. It might be – it might <laughs> Towns be and situation. Garnett. Oh, I mean, Towns and Garnett. How is the situation not comparable? The Wolves are in same last place every year with Towns. Disgruntled yeah. player, all-star player, a guy Garnett that, you know – Garnett took that team to the West mm-hmm. Finals. I don't want to hear those. Yeah, Towns really take that team very far, man. Yeah. Garnett, blood, sweat, and tears, literally. Yep. I'm, I'm, I'm not comparing two players. I'm comparing the situations, but they're but Towns is an extremely good player. I know he doesn't play in Boston, so Bobby and I might not like him. But like, if like we're you talking can't, about you can't just hang up the phone when you know when that player becomes available. You got to exhaust you know the possibilities. Yeah, here. I'll, I'll pick up the phone working, and offer Rob seven first. Uh, smart. All Always go seven first. Bobby only has <laughs> packages of seven. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. He, all of his first round picks, he's got a seven pack. You know. You got to <laughs> figure out a way here somehow to add a star, and maybe it won't be a Towns or a Beal. Maybe it just ends up being a, you know another quality starting player for someone other than Brown. Because the problem is right now, every single phone you pick up, forget forget Towns, forget uh Beal. When you call the Atlanta Hawks. Cash for John Collins and his expiring deal. They go, oh, how about Brown? I mean, that's their problem right now. Like, they could call up about, like, Maxi Kleber, and the Mavericks would be like, could we get Brown? Like, that's like everyone wants Brown in these talks right now, and that's just such a hurdle that they're going to have to get over. Like, it reminds me of when they were going after Kawhi and George and some of these guys, everyone asking for Tatum and Brown. Like, there's, it's so hard for them to avoid that because they have it and those teams have the leverage to ask for it. Well, then and you could again, have traded it, them. Now you can't because you're yeah. going, now you're going laterally. Before, teams were asking for them, but you, what you were getting back was an MVP, you know? So, like, that was worth it then, theoretically. You, you were, you know, now it's not because what are you going to get? Another top 20 player? I mean, it, everything is lateral at this point if Brown is yeah. included in the talks. you Unless you have a situation where the other team wants Brown to be their cornerstone and they're going to give you a player that is close to an equivalent talent plus assets, then you could view it as a lateral move on the court, but I'm going to build moving forward. That's a good but, point, yeah. So that would be the only way is if you did Brown for Towns and and a, and a couple first-rounders. Oh, huh, interesting. Because those first-rounders would be the key to me doing something more down the road, whether I flip them or I turn it into something. That's the only way it works. But otherwise, just sliding a player for a player, I, I don't see how they do it. Yeah, I think that's how that's how that works because, I mean, let's, let's face it, between the two. And that case might have to be Tatum, but anyway. Like who's winning the trade here? You know, if you're if you're selfish, like, hey, listen, you know, those picks are gonna go a long way for us. So yeah, yeah, I think that would. But is that it, guys? Are those are two options. I mean, right no, now, the other good, option is different options, right? Well, no, I mean, I mean, for 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 star talent or close to star talent that may be available asking for a trade during the offseason, like Bradley Beal, 
Carl Anthony Towns. I mean, obviously, no one predicted Kemba Walker that that off season when when everyone expected him to get the bag from from Charlotte. But of course, that didn't happen. Is is there another player in a similar situation where it, it may look like they're about to resign, but maybe they'll change their mind? I don't know. Oh, excuse me. Oh, they have a year left on the contract. Excuse me, and they're saying, Sherrod, you know what, guys? Sherrod looked into his crystal ball in the offseason. Sherrod, I mean, are there other names? You looked into your crystal ball and, and wrote about it. For now, I mean, well, I mean, when you look into the crystal ball, I try to be like, I don't know, realistic about it. And and, right. and again, the point that that I, I made earlier, and I I, I honestly God believe this is how it's going to play out if the Celtics are going to make this quantum leap sooner rather than later. They are going to have to get someone who is in a situation that they desperately want to get the hell out of. And there aren't a lot of guys like that. Uh, and, and Bradley Bill, I mean, all indications from, from him publicly and people I've spoken to close to him privately, he's cool with being in Washington. Yeah. He, he has absolutely no problem finishing out his career with the Washington Wizards. Because, again, with them going out and getting Westbrook, that was a clear signal to him that this may not be the perfect marriage, but, shit, they're, they're trying to actually – they're trying. They're legitimately yeah, yeah. trying to make After this one year better. Try, you think that's going to get old? I don't know. I don't think he wanted out of town this season. He's like, listen, we'll give this a go. I, I have to give this a shot, right? Something but, has to happen that triggers him to say, you know what, I, I can't deal with this crap anymore. I, I, I got to be out of this. That's <laughs> Maybe when, one more year with Westbrook. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's going to take something like that, something that's going to trigger him to one out. Now, Carl Anthony Towns, I think that, look, if the Timberwolves say, hey, we've got a couple of offers on the table and we're thinking before they finish the sentence, he's like, let's do it. Let's go. Let me know where you need me to go. Because I think I do think he wants out of Minnesota. I really do. Yeah. And that's great news if you're the Celtics because listen, you're looking for you're looking for some sort of out or some sort of plan or some sort of you know hail mary you know superstar player that wants out right because you're not going to get any of these guys and any anybody hitting free agency you're already out on you you can't get any, you can't sign anybody you don't have any cap space even remotely close so your only plan is to trade for a star at this point or somebody like that tank it up. And we haven't mentioned Rob Williams, but listen, I've been saying this all season. The more he plays and the better he gets, the more of a tradable asset you have there. And at least that's somebody that if if they're if they're interested in one of these superstar players like a cat or something, he might be a guy yeah, that look, you look you dangle look, out there. We no. didn't again my secret plan. To go back to Jimmy's analogy earlier, they're looking at him and like he may be Al Jefferson. I don't know. You know, <laughs> he may like I said, my 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 secret he plan here. It is Jalen's knees all of a sudden start getting more sore than we knew. Kemba needs a couple weeks off because also just a maintenance situation. That COVID thing really didn't sit well with Tatum, so maybe he needs a little break. And all of a sudden, Keep you dreaming. just kind of take a couple weeks off and slip. Grant Williams becomes your best player. Yeah, and then play. <laughs> and, and, then and then we stop doing this show. The, Make it the Romeo, Neesmith, and Rob show. Let them showcase whatever it is the hell they do or can't do. Slip into Tankville, build up those guys' value, trade them all. Okay, no. and I'm pick, excited for. I'm excited. For, I'm excited for Fournier to get more involved. Thompson to come back. The team Are you to get excited? Is that actually themselves. excite you? Like, do you oh, get after watching Mo he, Wagner, he, I am thrilled to see Thompson fun. play He's again. Very <laughs> this is what you get excited about seeing Tristan Thompson like, rejoin after a night. Of, after a night of Wagner, for sure. 
you're not getting preseason vibes from all this. Like, doesn't that upset you a little bit? I got I got big, big preseason. Energy. And yes, I am flipping the script on tanking. And my tanking philosophy again to point it out to everybody. Tank for when, what? On the fourteenth pick again? When you tank, when you when <laughs> we get another Romeo. When the organization tanks by, they're not getting down the three. I mean, this isn't tanking. Clear. We don't see Romeo. When the organization tanks by place. trading away players. The remaining players are like, that sucks. But when you just slowly start to peel out and talk to Tatum and say, are you all set with this year? And he's like, yup, that's not, that's a, that's a plan. Why do you okay? want another rookie? I, I'd like to see the, I'd like to see a, a locker room conversation with Brad and Jalen and Tatum and say, guys, what do you think? You want to just want to call it quits here? And they say, yup. No, what year. is that? Not happen. What, that what would that do? Happen. You just want to be right about Kemba. Like guys, Kemba's been dropping 20 points all year, and you're just waiting for his uh his You guys want to take too. the rest of this off? Yes, we do. Yes, <laughs> we do. No. I it, Talk about the draft. The Celtics have drafted better in the 20s than they have at 14. So I'd be more than happy p- picking somewhere between 22 and 28 rather than going back into that situation right there. Who knows? After 10, they're not getting down below 10. Uh, they had a chance to unload talent. And Honestly, go you can't get really, at the deadline. If you look at it, you, even yeah. if you tank like crazy, it's hard to get. It's hard to get lower than nine. It's oh, really the hard. magic. The magic yeah. Rockets. They are experts right now. They it's hard. It's hard to tank. get lower than eight or nine. So you can't get too far. You can't. Right. But you can win. It's not going to happen. You can win the lottery. No. I want like to win like round one, Cavs? round two, and get to the East Finals and make that run again, and then That's see what happens happen. there. I don't see why I don't see why anyone on the planet would think that that's going to happen. Watching this team, it, we're we're really far into this season, right? That would be an amazing season. That would be the best coaching job Brad will have done since he's been with the Celtics. Yeah. If he can get them to the conference finals this year, hands down, I would be. Stunned. And then guess what? On this show, John will go, they couldn't get to the finals when they lose in the East finals. Well, hell, you get that far, you might as well go all the way. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what you say. I'm just saying. This is what happens when you take too long to get to continuity. You would say something like that. Yeah. Going on Twitter. Seeing just, some. hey, J- Jalen, Jason, what do you guys think? You guys want to, it's been a long year and a half with this pandemic. What do you think? You guys all set? Yep. We're all set. What do you want to start watching the Red Sox? No, no, never. I did not watch a single inning last year in protest for Mookie. Smart. I might not, I might not do that this year either. They got to, they got to earn it. Okay. They got to earn um, it. For sure. Couple, couple Jalen Brown it. quotes that I'm seeing on Twitter. Um, Celtics, looks bas- bad. Yeah. Celtics basketball is about scrapping, getting after guys defensively one through five. We haven't had that in the starting unit or off the bench as a team. We haven't had it. And then I guess he got a bunch of questions like similar about the lack of their resolve, according to Jay King. And he said, I don't know what you guys want me to say, to be honest. There's that thing again. Lastly, I don't want you to say anything. I just want you and the guys to play better. There's that we thing again. It's we. I. Lastly, we aren't playing hard. Like, what, what do you mean we like isn't aren't you part of we everyone is saying we this if you how many you you could play back smart quotes last week and they said the same thing we aren't doing it Tatum we have to you're oh, Brown, Brown, you Brown are, and Kemba you Brown are and Kemba have been better about that well this is Brown. Are, we say I 
Don't say we. We is we is passing blame. The last one he said and might be directed at John is every <laughs> everyone wants to be pessimistic and pick everything apart. It doesn't help anything. Oh, oh. <laughs> so oh, but, but having your office picked apart and your defense shredded. Yeah. Does help? Yeah, that, that gets that's picked like, apart. That's like those college football coaches that chastise the reporters because they're critical. Like, you know, yeah, what are you yeah. doing here asking tough questions? Aren't you supposed to be? These are, are kids. Yeah, right. You're a Celtics reporter. How, how dare you be negative? It's like you yeah. do realize that if you didn't play bad, you wouldn't have to answer questions about why you played bad. Right. That's yeah. not making it up. Works. That's yeah. how that works. I mean, y'all gave up 70 points in the paint. I'm going to ask you, why the hell did you give up 70 points in That's the paint? The it's, and you it's keep doing dogs. it over and over and yeah. over again. Yeah. It's all puppy dogs and sunshine when they're doing well. Like, you've got right. the most optimistic fan base and media around right now, which is, like, very, very quick to point out when things are going well. And taking teams that are maybe not finals caliber and putting them in the finals and always extending them by a round or two in terms of what you think their expectations are. People are pretty bullish on what this Celtics team can do. So if yeah. they're being critical and negative, that really means you're pretty close to rock bottom. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. This, this quote from Brad, kind of a tough one. When adversity hits, we nosedive. And so we've got Ooh. to be better in that situation. It's not to me as much about the start, the end, it's about how are we going to play when it gets tough. So, mm, yeah, nose that. Oof, you hate to see that. Panic mode. So again, <laughs> again, when you have these quotes and you're That's... talking about heart and you're talking about winning, and again, we're talking about togetherness. These are always red yeah. flag sort of things. You know, it's not pull Finger ourselves point. up by the. You like to hear things like. We know we've got the guys in this locker room to pull it together, and we will do that. You know, like I've got faith in my guys. We've got the best team. We're better than this. You know, you know, let's go. It's a lot of we're not doing this. You know, you get you're getting a lot of that, and it, that really is the looking around the room sort of stuff. Like it, if just folding under adversity, no fight, coming out flat, no one picking each other up. These are just terrible, terrible signs. This is the worst you can hope for. The tough is these. These are all quotes that you don't want to hear after a game. Just like guys that are taking everybody out. Nobody, nobody taking like the blame. Everyone's just saying like, well, we're not. None of us are playing well, and you know we're folding under pressure. We're not playing, you know, with this defensive intensity. It's like, what is that? What's going on in that locker room? How much do you think locker it's room good, one? Yeah. Locker How much do you think it's the good players? How much do you guys think it's the good players? Basically, this is coded language for the good players saying everyone else on this team sucks but us. Like, how much of it do you think is the good players? Like, there's three good players on this team and everyone else blows. And really, that's what they're saying when they say we. I don't think there's much of that, John. I, no? I, and because the good players <laughs> aren't good. A little bit. Yeah. The, the good players aren't playing good. I mean, right. you know, yeah. when they go back. Starters, yeah. Yeah, when they go back and they look at video from from each game, they see all the, the the dumb mistakes they made. I mean, can you imagine how Marcus Smart felt when they looked at the video of that jump ball turnover? My goodness, I mean, that's you know. And when they go back and they and they see what Mo Vaughn, Mo, excuse me, Mo Wagner, Mo Wagner, oh, the Red Sox man, the Red Sox thing. I know, right? See, John's got me thinking Red Sox. I hate that. Uh, but oh, he about, was so bad. Mo Wagner or Mo Vaughn? Yeah, <laughs> no, Mo Wagner. Bobby Mo wasn't alive for Mo Vaughn, I don't think. Right, but yeah, that's not in my memory. Mo Vaughn before, <laughs> no, but, he was way before Ortiz. Yeah, but 
But the, but yeah, the, I mean, the best players on this team have not been great, and that's part of the problem. They haven't elevated their play to the point where others around them are coming up too. I mean, like, and and again, di- completely different team, completely different player. But when you look at where Chris Paul winds up going, it seems everyone tends to get better in the yeah. regular season. And I, I qualify that because, as we know, postseason, Chris Paul is not your guy. Regular season, everyone seems to elevate their play. Tatum, Brown aren't there yet. The guys around them aren't good enough to get there on their own. And that, to me, is, is where the challenge comes in for Danny Ainge and Brad Stevens to get better players so that their best players cannot just elevate themselves but can elevate those around them. That's Yeah, that's the question. We talked a lot about, like, are you going to swap in the stars tonight? Are you going to make these, like, transformative changes at the top? I mean, they had the chance, it feels like, this year to get a better player in Gordon than Smart. And, like, again, it was a close call, but that's something you look at maybe in the offseason and say, oh, there might be nothing here. Could we have done something at the deadline? And that's what I warned about all along. The opportunities were at the deadline. I don't know if they're going to be there in this season for, you know, the kind of stuff we tossed around tonight. Like, there's a lot of optimism in making some of those changes and, I don't uh, know. you know, ripping out the core of the team. Yeah, I don't I don't know, Bobby. I, I think after the offseason, they thought that they were in good shape. I mean, honestly, do you really think that they thought that they would have to part ways with Jeff Teague, you know? Did you, did you you don't think that they expected Tristan Thompson to have a more significant role and have a, an immediate impact? I mean, I, I think right there they knew, okay, this is going to be tougher than we thought because they thought maybe – I don't think they looked at it as a home run, but they thought that those were two significant pickups that they could rely on, two weapons off the bench along with the progressing Robert Williams, of course, Grant Williams – I mean, Grant Williams, he was a different – he was almost in a different role last year. Like, he was one of the guys that I thought he was, was going much to make, better. Not a huge leap in the second season, but a leap nonetheless, and he, he's – that never happened, you know? And I look yeah, at the small ball five versus playing the that, four with another big. That second union is very, very thin, very thin. Yeah. All right, well – Here's a quote from Brad. I don't know yeah. what the question was, but he said – this is from Tom Westerholm. That's probably our reputation to not respond for 10 to 12 minutes. Yeah. yeah. He ain't wrong. He ain't Brad's, wrong. Play, Brad's playing the Wii game too. Brad was angry tonight apparently <laughs> after, after the loss. We aren't doing it. So, yeah, I mean, so again, we've said this Everyone's before. calling each other out. This is such an easy, obvious thing to say for the uh, people unaffiliated, you know, not that you're, we're not coaches. Obviously it's so easy to quarterback it from the sidelines and say, do this, do that. What I don't understand is why do you keep doing the same thing? Like, why is, why did Wagner start tonight? Because you're just used to playing a big, you know, like, why are you, why aren't you trying some, like I said, I'm not saying it's the right thing, but Kemba to the bench. I'm not saying it's the right thing, just something else. Why is Kemba always the problem with you? It's not, Bobby. Bobby, you just got to listen, man. I'm not saying do that. I'm just saying, for lack of a better idea, do anything different, okay? Anything different that breaks you out of your rhythm where you play your starters, oftentimes with that two-big lineup for 40 games, then you take Tatum out at the six-minute mark, and then you bring him back in here, and then you play these guys – you're, you're two games under 500. You've been doing the same stuff all year. There's no evolution. You're not adapting, and you're not changing the way you play. Uh, you know, uh, we, you know, we were talking about the Ryan Bernadoni tweet today uh, in response to Corrales' article saying, are we sure Rob should start because Rob isn't doing certain things with the first unit? And then the counter is, that's because you got to make 
those guys play different when Rob's on the floor, not Rob adapt to Tatum and Brown. You have a guy who brings a different element to the game and he's rolling to the rim. So utilize that. Don't make right. him do things where you take him out of the ability to do anything that he does. Is the offense yeah. irreparably broken the way it's being allowed to run right now? And if so, do something different to force the issue. Change. Tra- evolve. Yeah. But it's the same stuff over and over. You're allowing everyone to do the same things. And it's not working. So do something. That's what's yes. frustrating right now. And the starting 48 would have been an tonight. easy one. That would have been an easy one. Wait, John, right? so easy. Starting 48 tonight was so easy. You know, like it was such an easy. When it was Wagner, I think like 99% of people are like, what? You know, like. Yeah. I didn't even imagine that would be a op- like uh, a option there. I was just like, what's going say. on? So try right. something, mix something up. You're going to sit here in the post game if you're Brad and say, we're not this and we're not doing that. And we go through. If you have people on the court who have quit for 10 minutes at a time, yank all of them off the freaking court and then don't yeah. put them back in for the rest of the game. That's what coaches do. Okay. You guys are not trying and you're not going to get to play anymore. Okay. I'm taking your toys away. Like that's yeah. it. But he doesn't do that. How do you allow your team to be out there and not play for 10 to 12 minute stretch and then admit it after the game. I, that makes no sense to me. I think yeah. he did it a little bit against Oklahoma though. Remember, remember what happened at the end of that first quarter, he benched Jalen, he benched Tatum. And then that second unit get, got them back into it. Right. Peyton yeah. Pritchard started knocking down a couple of shots. Grant Williams was playing great defense. He knocked down a, a three or two. So he's done it in stretches, but yeah, I'm with you. I, I think he's got a, he's got a, Get the whip out. You know, he's got to take his belt out. He's got to spank these all-stars a little bit. You know, slap him around. Old school style. You know what I mean? Take it back. Because at the end of the day, what's left? Like, what's the alternative? This team is below 500. There's, what, 20 games left? It feels like that's nothing. That's going to fly by. I right, just adjust. Yeah. Like, if, if, if you really want to do the Wagner thing, yeah. no, get away from it after time. halftime. You started the second half with him. You're down yeah. 19. Yeah, yeah, did you miss the rod? Oh, I'm getting flashbacks right now. <laughs> Come here, um, Joe Sway. <laughs> yep, let's be let's be real. Brad's under fire the rest of the way. Like he's got a Mark Brown. Eleven twenty-nine p.m. Listen, what was listen, the three, straw, first? Three games ago, they did exactly starting Ainge, that. Starting Wagner Ainge, did it. Ainge did what I. Hey, he didn't say what I Ainge think he did. Said. Ainge did what he needed to do. He made the Hot move. Thing, he invested in this team, and now they have the personnel if they're healthy to get it done. So now the coach has to get it done. There's no excuse anymore. Wow. I, I, so yeah, what done? I, get get out of the first round. I, I agree I with part of what you said, Bobby. Like Brad's under the hot seat because that's there's what no happens. excuses anymore. But the Fournier is not the reason. Getting Fournier and giving him the pieces is not the reason why. It's still a pretty flawed oh, no. team, even with a small yeah. addition at the deadline. Fournier is not a savior. Fournier is a is an he's upgrade. a significant upgrade. Sure, but you, he's a band aid. You traded. He's a band aid. You traded away your starting center, and you're left with Rob and Tristan's out for who knows how long. You you, you lost a little bit in that deal. You lost some in that transaction too. So yeah. it, it's you did. You you went yeah. backwards. You went from Tice to Wagner minutes, Tice to Cornette minutes, right oh now. Oh my! And that's the frustrating thing. They made a move to change the style of the team, and you're still doing the same thing, leaning on Wagner minutes to I know. fill the Tice role. Tice is gone. This He's is not, what... you can't run the Tice offense right, with Wagner. They, they tried to throw an alley oop to Wagner tonight. Bobby, welcome that to the bad. resistance. It was so welcome bad. to the resistance, Bobby. 
<laughs> yeah, Vanya looked at that like, are you serious? Tonight was the worst. Welcome to the dark the side, Bobby. <laughs> he made Can't it. Back. Yeah, you no, tonight really was the worst Stevens night of the season. <laughs> they missed well, Ron, we're just, we're just glad you got off the island and came to mainland. <laughs> Welcome to the mainland. Good Lord. There's a middle ground, yeah. You know, this game would have been a Bobby lot more. Bobby is on the mainland, folks. <laughs> he, He's left. he has left Fantasy Island. Welcome to the mainland. Bobby's on this team. We're screwed for the rest of yeah, the year. Yeah, we got nothing to talk about now. We got nothing to talk about if Bobby starts agreeing with us. <laughs> hey, sir, it's just one thing. We're doomed. All right. We've gone on long enough. We've got another one on Friday. we got another one on Easter Sunday. Um, uh, oh, wow. Bobby's going to be at the game on Friday, so he'll be reporting with a mask. Uh, Josue, I think you're oh, off, my, my man. I am. I am. I'm out of town. I'm going to a wedding. Yep. So, But we will We will be back here on Friday. Um, final thoughts, guys, once around the horn, if you want to go, Sherrod. Oh, God. Uh, this, like, season can't, this season can't get over soon enough. Um, I'm, I'm as much as I want them to close this thing. I'm really interested to see what the hell they're going to do in the off season. Cause I think this is going to be one of those franchise defining off seasons where they're either going to take a unexpected quantum leap forward, or we're going to go back to the doc rivers before KG arrived dark ages sooner Ooh. than you think. Oh yeah. I yeah. said it. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> hey, that was to be in the forecast for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm looking for Brad to do something similar to what he did or what he said, at least, and, and show it, you know, how upset are you? Are you, are you going to penalize these guys if they don't come out with the, with the energy that you like? I mean, unfortunately it is, what is it? The Rockets. So, I mean, the Hornets going to be a really good matchup. I'm really excited about that. And then you got the listen, you got Philly coming into Boston. Like this seven game homestand, it's got its ups and downs. And obviously Luca is a really tough spot to be in, but these next two games, I mean, you can build up some momentum and, and and give Philly your best shot. But, again, if Brad's not cracking that whip, if these guys aren't feeling the pressure, if the All-Stars ain't feeling it, and you'll get the indication in that first, second quarter of where this team's standing for sure. That's, that's, exactly. Brad needs to get that out. He needs to get that out when, when, and use it appropriately, okay? Call these guys out. Just do one of those Herb Brooks things after and just – let the fans stay in the garden, get everybody back out onto the court and just have them run suicides. Running okay? sprints, yeah. Seriously. Again. And I guarantee Again. you Payne Pritchard will be leading the, leading the pack. He's yeah. been, Again. He's been, yeah. he's, 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 the, the rookie wall, he's over it now. I, I'm seeing a different a different player. Good again, game so. from him tonight. Yep. Yeah. And and he's a guy who got freed by the Jeff Teague minutes that were in front of him, unfortunately, in that oh, trade there. So, yeah. Yeah, so that's a positive we've seen in the last week or so. They yeah. definitely get to destroy oh, the Bobby's Rockets. Heading back to the Fantasy Island, folks. He's <laughs> yeah. in the mainland. He's on that. He's, he's heading back. One person. They got, they got to destroy the Rockets on Friday. That Sunday one's a big he's one. Paddling. Sunday's going to end their season. All season they've missed Hayward so much, and oh, he's, he's been vindicated by no that move to Charlotte, where they've been awesome to watch. I mean, you, you hate watching the Celtics this year. you got to get league pass, one team, get the Hornets so you can watch it every would, game they play because they're they so much fun. To watch. I, they are really fun to watch. You're right, Malik Monk. Yeah. I like him. So Which don't get embarrassed by them. I mean, do not let Hayward come into the garden and drop 40 on your head. That would be the worst Hayward thing ever. Rozier, no, the worst be, thing is Terry Rozier, Rozier yeah. to come in and drop 40 It on could you. be 30 each, yeah. Rozier's going to score the one who wants to. at least 40. This That's going to be the nail in the coffin. He's going to take at least 40 shots for sure. It's going to be the most demoralizing game of the year with those guys lighting you up. 
<laughs> you, so know I, you know, you know, someone's gonna wear a scary Terry shirt. So he's just. Gonna oh wear yeah, that. I, am. <laughs> I am. I am. So I'm uh, wearing a Gordon Hayward's Hornet jersey for the broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> Get the authentic one with the stripes, the throwback one. Those are, yeah. I like those. My final word is I'm just. I'm going to the cheese shop. Yep. If you're the Celtics, <laughs> don't do what you guys are doing. Don't look ahead to Sunday, and and don't think about this game. You know, forget about this game. Focus on Friday. You use Friday as a glorified practice. You guys don't get a lot of practices. The way that the Rockets are are built right now, I mean, this should be a game that they blow them out. They should be able to work on some things. Brad should be able to get creative with some with some lineups up there. I want to see weird stuff going on out there with lineups and rotations. Use this game. You know, get the job done. Use this game to get more comfortable. Get Fournier more acclimated into what's going on, and then focus on Sunday. You know, which is you know, like you guys have already said, it's going to be you know probably one of the most interesting games of the whole season so you know find a way to win don't skip ahead yeah exactly this is yeah yeah, i mean if you lose friday then if you lose friday sunday doesn't even matter because this team is just dead men walking well plus the six o'clock start so (laughs) that works in the Celtics' favor because we know the history with the the matinee those matinee games yeah all right uh, my final thought I, I I I didn't talk about Rob tonight, and I wasn't really allowed to talk about Neesmith. And I want to say that I'm I I, I, I deserve <laughs> Rob credit for that. Okay. And you didn't talk about Romeo. Three and I didn't talk about Romeo. I left, him, and I still was able to muster plenty of rage. Okay. Um, you got an update. I'm surprised you didn't bring so it. So we might get Romeo Friday though. Is that is that no true? Romeo? No, he's not come back <laughs> for a long time. What? Romeo oh, that's right. Injury designation evolved, which was basically like. He's too fat to play right now. You know, like yeah. that's he's too fake. He's not no, real. No, he just look. He fell out of shape. The co- I mean, the co- we're gonna we might find out. It's I a little bit of that, but I, I also don't think that he's here, but he's out that. for a long time, so he yeah. might have gotten hit hard. He's he's for sure. Play and and I think Tatum the team a feels a little. The team doesn't like Jason Tatum going on and saying, oh, like, you know, this affected me and, you know, I'm not feeling good about this. So they're going to rush back Tristan and Romeo when they don't really need either of them right now. They're going to take all the time they need on that. Yeah, you just – it would be – whatever. I, I don't want to get into it. But my final thought, like I said, I, I didn't I didn't harp on those guys. I'll leave it with a positive note. We mentioned Mo Vaughn uh, my, the, as a – media member the first time i got to cover a red sox game was that 1998 home opener against the mariners where vaughn wow. hit the walk-off grand slam oh, that man. was my first time on the field at fenway and at that point again wow. take transform yourself to 1998 red sox that's before it all kind of started okay you're yeah. in the page you're in pedro zone you start to get legitimate you're that's knocking at the door with the yankees that was the height of awesomeness it was you know uh, where is Roger? Yankees, Red Sox, blah blah blah. Heading into 2003, 2004, I was so starstruck. I literally like was grabbing like clumps of grass and stuffing them in my pocket. I was like, in case I never got to go back there. <laughs> I've done that. <laughs> I remember like I Steve that. Buckley was Steve Buckley was with me, and he was like, "Dude, chill," you know, like he was chill. like, <laughs> he's like, act like you've been there. And I was like, he was like literally like he was going like, Buck is Buck is a nice guy. Yeah, he's a good dude. Dude, I actually remember that game. It could have been mean to you there, but Buck's a good dude. <laughs> no, I mean we worked together, but he was, you know, and he, you know, he right. was like, the, he I was, was, a, yeah, I was no cheering in the press box. I was like, this is amazing. Oh, He's like, shut up, you know. Like I was like, <laughs> but I was like, <laughs> yeah. No, it's hey, a home I remember game. That, I remember that game. Day. I actually missed the grant. So my parents used to always take us out of school on Red Sox opening day because it was it was a day game. We we didn't go to the game, but we would just you know half yeah. day and like kind of make a good day out of it. And I remember like. 
just thinking the Sox were going to lose. And I went for a bike ride and I came back and like my mom was yelling out the door, like move on. Like the Red Sox just won. I'm like, what? I like sprinted. I was kind of pissed about missing it. But I mean, that, that's an unreal game, John. That That's quite the first game to go to. <laughs> That's yeah, such a little that, – that, that, I can just picture little Jimmy doing that. Like, I miss it, like, getting so just mad. throw the bike on the ground, sprinting. Oh, man. Why you tell me to go for a bike ride? Yeah. yeah, there's no social media. You can't post it and glow. He's like, I yeah. missed yeah. it. Like, hey, you guys want to play some stickball? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is it opening day tomorrow? Yeah. Opening day is tomorrow, yeah. Is it Fenway or is it somewhere else? Somewhere else, right? No, Fenway. It's Fenway. No oh, joke. Like this is Jesus. this is what a sad loser I am. Like I'm I was that man child. I was wearing I was still wearing jerseys on opening day because it used to be such a religious experience. Oh man, I, my, I know. I have opening my Dwight day, Evans man. jersey, my number 24 Dwight Evans jersey, which then became the day too. Yep. Kevin Mitchell, Mike Stanley, eventually Manny Ramirez, and then David Price, and then I had to burn it. Um and uh you know, that, <laughs> that's what they've done uh, with my number 24. Good tradition, though. Take take your kid out of school on opening day. I don't, are kids even in school right now, or are they just all schooling from home? You probably can't even do it. No, they're there. You, you know, reduce, yeah. reduce the time. Now you just put school on one side and the game on the other. On <laughs> yeah, computer. dual screens. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so that's what we got tomorrow. We're back on Friday. Again, Ashrod Blakely, uh, Bleacher Report. He's got something out right now. Make sure you read it. Also, Boston Sports Journal. Uh, he'll be writing a Sunday column on the Celtics. Uh, as well. And uh, Sherrod, I'm not going to hold your feet to the fire on what that's going to entail. There's still a lot of time left in the week. There's but a lot of time left. Yeah. Like, man. I have a no. feeling there's be something to do with Charlotte, though. Yeah. Um, see Rose. See ya. Uh, <laughs> Josue Pavone, heavy.com, CLNS Media, Bobby Manning uh, for uh, CLNS Media, Boston Sports Journal, Celtics blog, Jimmy Toscano. Again, Jimmy John podcast in development. Uh, Bobby Manning, Dome Theory. Uh, Joseph Pavone, Causeway Street, and A. Sherrod Blakely with the A-List podcast. Just talked to a writer uh, from Orlando talking about Evan Fournier. Had some things to say about him that Celtics fans might uh, find interesting. So that's what they call in the business. That's what they call a tease. So go subscribe to the podcast. Listen to it. Subscribe. Yeah, it'll give you a little bit of insight into Fournier, who we're now starting to see a little bit more of. Uh, and we also some... got into a little bit of Aaron Gordon as well, and just yep. got, got a little four on one on that. Yep, exactly. Oh, okay. So there's some stuff on Gordon there too, and it's interesting. So you should definitely yeah. listen to this episode, subscribe to the podcast going forward, because it's always great, and Sherrod always gets great guests. Um, and of course, subscribe to our YouTube channels if you haven't already. Um, you'll be notified when we go live after every game and breaking news stories. And again, I keep teasing it, but very soon the Garden Report is going to daily. Yes, it is happening. Um, and I think we can muster enough anger and interest for the rest of the for the last 25 <laughs> games to make this happen. So um, thanks More again some for some silver us, linings. Yep. <laughs> thanks, everybody. Peace. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.